Good afternoon, everyone. Everyone okay? Tepid response as usual. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, open your word to us now so we could follow you and know you more. And we would know your love for each of us. Amen. During my theology degree, uh, I spent quite a bit of time studying Christian-Muslim relations. And um, it was actually quite depressing because I discovered all of the ways we've creatively killed, uh, killed each other over the years. And it was really hard to say, oh, is anyone going to be kind to each other? And I, and I discovered year after year, we just killed each other. Until one day, I was reading through some text from the 12th century, and I discovered a glimmer of hope, a small glimmer of hope. I came across a man named St. Saint Francis of Assisi, who you've probably all heard of, I know James is a big fan of. And he was born into great wealth. He was really rich, um, but he had an encounter with God. Can you guys hear me okay? Is it okay? So he had an encounter with God in Rome and decided to sell and give away everything that he had and set up the Franciscan movement. And they make a vow still now to live in poverty and to serve the poor. Now this, now this vow and this action brought him great inner peace and allowed him to engage with the big political controversy of his time, which was the Crusades. And so he walked or got on a boat, I'm, I'm not sure, but he went to Egypt, Take, that took a long time then, and he encountered the realities there of war. He was shocked to find Christians, there you go, killing Jews and Muslims under the sign of the cross. He was shocked. And this led him to denounce the Crusades, which was a very politically inconvenient thing to do at the time. And he then sought an audience with the Khalifa. And there's been loads of books written about what these two men discussed, but the truth is we don't actually know, but it sells a good book. But it had a great time, and he came back a changed man. He came back a changed man, convinced that the Crusades were wrong. But he was only able to bring peace and be one who sought peace because he had an encounter with God that brought him peace, that brought him deep wells of peace. As James said, it's Advent today, so Happy New Year, everyone. And how could we celebrate Advent in a better way than with a dog with a hat on? That's the first image that came up when I searched party hat. So there you go. So Happy New Year, everyone. And we're entering a time now, aren't we, where we are thinking about Christ coming as a tiny little baby, insignificant, small child, born in a backwater place. And we're also reflecting also on what it is to Christ to come back and change and transform the whole world. But if I'm honest, I've always found Advent a bit confusing, a bit disappointing. I'm not sure about, um, about you, but I've always found it a bit strange because it feels like often every single sermon I've ever heard in Advent time is, just wait, hope is coming. Just wait, he's coming. Everything's, everything's crap now, but just wait, he's coming. Christmas is coming. It's not Christmas yet, but it's coming. And I've always been a bit confused with that. I've, I've always been a bit, well, what is the point? What's the point of that? What's the point of us having to wait now for peace 
and for hope. If God is so good, if God is so loving, why have we got to wait these 28 days to know God's peace and God's love? In the reading we just heard, we heard of Isaiah's vision of a restored Jerusalem. For the Israelites, um, Jerusalem was the centre of their world, the centre of the religious and political world, where those two things came together and formed the whole of national life, a bit like Westminster Abbey, but on steroids. And Isaiah is imagining a place of peace and a place of hope, um, a, um, a, pl- um, a place where people from all over the world come and, and, know, and uh, know God and don't have to fight any, any, anymore because they find the peace and hope of God. And it's important, I think, that we understand what prophecy is. So I think sometimes in the church we think of prophecy as this thing, oh, well, stuff's going to happen next year or next week, and there's blue unicorns and, and streams, all that stuff is, is brilliant. But actually, pro- pro- uh, prophecy in, in um, Isaiah's time was actually also about what's happening now, how we prepare for the future now, what we do now in order to prepare for what happens next about how we find peace now. When Isaiah um, said these things, actually things weren't easy at all. There was a cost of living crisis, just like now being caused by the political elite. There were high taxes, which were being used by the rich to build huge houses at the cost of the poor. The Israelites were also anxious about war. The Assyrians were camped out all around them, ready to to, to invade. War was in the air. Does that sound familiar to anyone? It does to to, to, uh, to me. But it's in this context, this time, that Isaiah speaks words of peace and words of hope. When things are really, really scary when things feel really uncertain, that's when he speaks words of peace and hope. I'm not sure about you, but this winter feels pretty tough. There feels like there's a real lack of hope around, a real lack of peace. I don't know about you, but uh, but, uh, perhaps you're concerned about how you're just going to keep all the lights on, how you're going to feed those that you love, or, or even perhaps you're concerned about those who live in other countries, your fa- family who live in Iran or elsewhere. You're concerned for them and what's going on there. Or you're watching what's happening on telly and you're just really concerned for the state of the world. But um, Before I worked here, I worked in the charity sector. And this meant that often I would have to ask people to kind of give and you get really used to rejection because very often they say no and they're not always very kind with saying no but the excuse I used to hear more and more which I wasn't a huge fan of was well charity starts at home and I get it but it's, a, but it's awful when you, when you hear it a hundred times a day but actually the same is true for peace it starts in our own hearts it starts in our own home There is no way we can bring peace to our communities, to our towns, even to our own homes, 
if we don't know the peace of God in our own hearts. If we haven't allowed God to, to, to transform us deep in our hearts. The real joy of Advent is that Christ comes here. He's, he comes to this place, this place, and lives a full human experience. So he deeply understands, God deeply understands what it is to be like us. Not just because he's God, but because he's lived here and experienced the whole plethora of human life. He's been sad. He's been let down. He's been, he's been alone. And he's been in pain. In a chaotic world, we can find peace in God because we know that he understands what it is to live here. We can find peace in our own hearts because of that. Um, when I was at Vicar School, um, every day at 7.30 every day, we would have to go into that really cold chapel there and pray. And um, I used to hate it, actually. Everyone else in college used to love it. It was the start of their, their like, day. They were holy. I didn't want to be there. I was tired. It was cold. I was never in the mood. Uh, but the scariest part was when it was your turn to have to lead prayers. You have to sit at the front. And you'd lead prayers, and you'd look out and be like, flipping neck. There's all my peers, there's my lecturers, they're all really, really bright. And as you know, I stammer. And so actually, it felt like a really intense place, this, 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 this kind of place of, of incredible oratory. And I'm there thinking, oh no, it's my turn, this is awful. And there was one day where I was there, I was at the front, and my words got really stuck. And I had what I could only actually describe as an out-of-body as, as, as out experience. I've never had one before. It sounds weird, but go with me. And I, and I found myself looking back at myself, and I just heard God say, how can you bring peace if you can't even live at peace with yourself? How can you bring peace to, to, to like, uh, those I've called you to serve if you can't even, even live at peace with your weaknesses? I'd love to say that everything changed on that day and, I was just, and, and it was all fine, but it wasn't. But actually, it's been a journey to, uh, to like discover every day what it means to live at peace. What it means to, to kind of live at peace with the things that I'd rather weren't there. So this Advent time, who has God made you to, to be? Warts and all, weaknesses and all, faults and all. Where is he calling you to deep peace and comfort with those things? That stuff that churns around in here, all that stuff that you just wish wasn't there. Where is God calling you to live at peace with those things? You know, where are you hiding from things? Because God wants to bring you and give you peace for those things. What things of your heart are you scared of? What situations are you scared of? Perhaps it's a fear of, um, it's a fear of change. In a fast-paced world, it's a fear of ch ch change. Or a fear for those that you, that you love and the things that they're going through. Actually, we can't bring peace to our world and to our friends unless we find peace within here. And that's what Advent is all about, accepting that peace that God, that, 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 um, that God comes because he, because he loves us so much. I just want to end with some words from a book um, 
It's called The Inner Voice of Love. It's by um, a great man called Henri Nouwen. And these actual words are about peace. And he says this. Since the, since the, the whole is so enormous and your anguish so deep, you will always be tempted to flee from it. And there are two extremes to avoid. One is to be completely absorbed in your pain. And the other is to be so distracted from your pain that you you avoid being healed from your pain. Let's pray. Lord, we live in a world that's so lacking of peace, that's so lacking in grace. We pray that you would help us to live in peace with ourselves, at peace with the things that churn around in us. Help us to bring those things into your advent light, that we can experience hope now. Amen.